Once again, uh, happy Mother's Day. It's good to see all of you who are moms and all of you who are dads and see some grandparents with us this morning and some friends of folks, and so uh, we're thrilled that you're here today. Uh, I, I was uh, reading this past week, earlier in the week, and ran across an article that just described, you know, pastors, we see things sometimes that others don't read because we just look at the world through a certain different lens, and I was reading about some of the worst Mother's Day gifts ever given. And I would say, I, I know of some worse ones than these, but I, these were some of the worst, undoubtedly. And we know that there are valid gifts that were given because moms who received them actually recorded these. So that's how we know moms are honest, right? You know, guys would fudge on this, dads, but mom, not, mom, not a mom. One mom received, uh, in this list, they've said, so, <clears throat> do you want to receive deodorant for your uh, Mother's Day gift? Is that your, that, is that your dream mom? Uh, probably not. Another mom received uh, a fire extinguisher. Apparently, there have been a lot of arguments in the home. No, I'm just, just guessing. That was what was going on. Cooking problems. Yeah, cook, yeah cooking problems, and maybe that was it. Another, uh, another mom received a stick of French bread. One stick. One st- Why one, I don't know. Maybe she, I don't know. Maybe she's on a diet, a no-carb diet. And that, you know, you try, try to, I tried to think a little bit of how on earth could this be like legit, and somehow it's been construed. But anyway, um, another mom receives ants. And not A-U-N-T-S like ants. I mean, like ants like for an ant farm. Presumably mom's dream had been an ant farm. And so she was given a bunch of ants. Another mom received hair dye. Another mom, a toilet roll. Which prompted me, as I was reading it and reflecting on that, that earlier this week, I replaced the porcelain toilet in our travel trailer. And uh, Lori's first comment was, uh, is that my Mother's Day gift? <laughs> to which I said, the lady in the box looks pretty happy. Look how happy she is. No, I assured her that they were gonna, this is the first of many gifts. That would be, uh, be true for Mother's Day uh, for her. And uh, I, I, I may not be the sharpest crayon in the box, but I know, I know that no mom dreams of a porcelain throne for her, for her Mother's Day gift. Uh, I also know that they're not interested in deodorant or fire extinguishers. They're not interested in ant farms. I, and that's not to say that moms don't have dreams of things that they want for their children, for their families, for, their, for themselves, but... Their dreams are more substantive than that. And, uh, and it's a wide range of dreams. And I, Lori, my wife, if you don't know her, uh, she's the better two-thirds of our family. And uh, as she, I'd asked her to just share a little bit about some of the things, just from her perspective, both as a mom and, you know, working with lots of moms over the years, just some of the dreams that come to the hearts of some of the moms that she's interacted with. Yeah, and you know, Greg, as high as a porcelain toilet in the camper is on everyone's list. Every mom. Uh, there are just a couple other things. Yeah. There are just a couple other things that are dear and near to mom's hearts. And happy Mother's Day to each of you. And we really are so glad to be here today. And as I was thinking about this, I talked with one of my friends who's a new mom. 
And I just realized Joey's at the soundboard, and if you ever wanted to mute your parents, now's the time. <laughs> the power is Joe, in your Joe hand. Joey's our oldest son Joey, for anybody to mute now. The power is in your hand. But I was talking to this mom, and she was so excited about her new uh, son, and we are just kind of talking about hopes and dreams and all these kinds of ideas. And uh, she said, I'd love to dream. I'd love to dream about this kid and, and what, what God's going to do in him and through him. If only I could get a full night's rest, you know, then I could really sleep, I could really dream. And that got me thinking that when we think about our kids, whether you're a mom or a dad or a grandparent or an aunt and uncle, or those of you who are just involved in children's lives, a lot of times that's where it starts. I think our dreams for children really start with, with those, those physical things. You know, we dream uh, for a healthy baby, don't we? We dream that, you know, everything will just be right, that along the way they'll, they'll learn to sleep through the night, they'll eat well, They'll roll over, they'll sit up, they'll, they'll learn to crawl, they'll learn to walk, they'll learn to talk. That one day they don't need those diapers, they don't need those car seats, they don't need those bottles and all the things that, that moms and dads provide for their children along the way. Because a lot of our, I think, initial dreams really are for just the physical well-being of our children. And there's an awful lot of effort. It's been a while since we've been there, but an awful lot of effort and time and energy goes into just the health of our children. Um, And those are milestones of growth, really. And when those milestones are interrupted, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for moms and dads, and it should be. When any one of those milestones or any kind of health thing comes into the lives of our children, whether they're tiny babies or, or grown adults. I remember when our son Joe, he was born very prematurely. And from the very first day of his birth, all of our dreams had to be adjusted. They were kind of dashed initially, and then just we had to adjust our dreams, adjust our expectations. And that was kind of a, a deal for me and for Greg as well, I think. Um, and our journey hadn't even been as difficult as, as many of the journeys that you have been on. Uh, and so I think from very early on, some of our earliest dreams, when we think about what moms dream about, is about the well-being of uh, just the health of our children uh, physically. But secondly, I think um, moms dream of other things because as those children do grow, they head off to school. And uh, we dream of them having a great education. We dream of them you know, having a well-developed mind, having emotions that are, are, are steadfast and solid. And they head off to school, and uh, that's why we celebrate, you know, so much of education along the way. This week here at Southwoods, I believe we're going to be having graduation for our preschoolers. And then, you know, not long after that, we have graduation for our fifth graders. And then not long after that, we have graduation for our eighth graders. And then we have graduation for our seniors. A lot of the seniors have been graduating. And then there's college graduation. And, you know, we love to celebrate Uh, the graduations of our kids as they go all through their educational process. And we all dream about them having a successful, you know, career through education and also through the development of the mind. I remember when our boys were little, uh, when they learned to read, and I was a former school teacher and I had helped children before I had children of our own, uh, I helped children learn to read. And I remember when when they learned to read, it really was like a dream come true, and it sounds kind of silly, but I was just so excited for them because they unlocked, you know, the whole idea of letters making words and words making sentences and sentences making paragraphs. And really the whole world is unlocked when you learn to read. And I just remember that being like, yay, yay, God. And I think along the way, you know, we, we celebrate all those kinds of things. 
things, and we dream of well-developed minds for our children in all of their educational and other interests as well. Um, but in addition to the body, you know, and the mind, I think moms also have some other dreams, and they probably fall in the category of uh, kind of relational stuff. We, we really dream about our kids having good friends, don't we? And having people in their lives that are, are solid individuals who are bringing out the best in our kids and who are trustworthy friends and, and loyal. Uh, and you've all seen this happen where there's a child or a teenager or even a, an older you know, young adult that, that's just having a hard time. And then the right friend comes into their lives. And, and it just seems like it makes a world of difference. And it's because, you know, God intended us to have community. He intended us to be connecting with other people. He, he said, it's not good that we be alone. And so I know a lot of our dreams and our prayers are for uh, the friends that our, our children will have, and not just their peers. Um, we pray and dream about mentors and coaches and teachers and pastors and Boy Scout leaders. And, and that's why it's so important, I think, to get kids involved in teams and Groups and art lessons and music and band and all the things that we do because it's there where they really relationally connect, not only with others that are their age, but also they have these significant adults, you know, pouring into their lives and challenging them. Um, and, of course, every mom dreams of their child finding a lifelong spouse. Uh, we were at a wedding this weekend, and the thing I kept hearing again and again at this wedding was beautiful, but... Everybody kept saying, this is a perfect match. These guys are just perfectly matched, this beautiful bride, this beautiful groom. And they really were. And handsome I just, groom. Handsome groom. Oh, yeah, handsome. He's kind of beautiful, though, too. Beautiful and handsome. He was a football player for K-State years ago. <laughs> he wouldn't like that. So. But it was, it was a beautiful thing, I guess is what I'm saying, how well matched they were. And so I think we all dream about that. And so um, those are kind of the categories that I think of uh, physical dreams that we have for our kids, uh, mental, intellectual, emotional, relational dream. And then for those of us who are believers, of course, I mean, probably the most consistent dream for those of us who are believers that we have for our kids from the time they're teeny tiny babies, like these beautiful babies up here, all the way till, you know, our last day on earth is, is the, the spiritual, that they'd love the Lord, that they would love Jesus, and that they would have a relationship with Jesus and that they would love his word, and that they would love uh, his church, and that they'd find a church, whether it's this church or another church, where it's their church family, where they can worship and serve and find their gifts and uh, have friends and, and people who are supporting them. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when our boys were little, and even now they maybe don't know it, but I sneak into their rooms sometimes and uh, pray over them <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit. And I just think there's nothing better than that wonderful list. You know, God make my child full of love and full of joy and full of peace and full of patience and full of kindness and gentleness and self-control. Galatians 5.22, by the way, if you're wondering, where yeah. is that list? Galatians I mean, it's just, it's, don't we all just pray that each of us and our children and everyone that we come in contact, wouldn't the world be a better place? if we all just exemplified those fruits in, in every single way. So, Greg, that's a big list. Mm -hmm. It's pretty broad. It goes from physical all the way to spiritual, a, a pretty broad list of dreams. And I'm sure we could talk all day on, on the dreams. And that's what we're going to do for about the next 18 hours. We're just going to talk about how to do these things, help, help equip you in every respect. 
Now, actually, as you think about that, I mean, how, how you do that is, how, how do you implement that? How do you, how do you cultivate that in the lives of your child, particularly when they're this size and you just think, you know, or some of us, you know, maybe, maybe we've begun to take uh, the spiritual life seriously at an older age and we're thinking, you know, I've got teenagers now and like they're, you know, I, they see what's going on in my life, but it's kind of like they don't know what to do with that because we didn't begin when they were here. And so how, how do you, what do you do? And, and I would say if we were to ask Jesus what, God, what he would want us to do, the, the, the most important thing we could do when it comes to parenting, uh, among all things, and there's a long list of things that are important, but what would be the most important thing? I think the first thing he'd tell us to do, and maybe the second thing as well, and perhaps even the third thing he'd tell us to do would be to pray to pray for our kids. And, and I know that some of you, you know, maybe you think to yourself, well, you know, you're in, I'm in church. I, you should be expected to be told to pray. It's, it's not just about the, the formality, the, the perfunctory nature of prayer. That does nothing. What it is is it's about, in, prayer is about inviting God into the relationship. It's about inviting him into the life of your child. You as a parent have spiritual authority and we don't have time to get into all of that, but I mean, you, you've been given the child, I've been given the child that I have for a reason. I mean, God has a plan in that. It's, it's not random co- you know, uh, coincidence. It's, it is the intention of God that we have the children that we do. And sometimes we wonder that, <laughs> but begin to think differently about the world. Think to yourself, what, how should I think differently if, in fact, God wanted me to have this particular child? And maybe part of that is that it inspires us to learn to pray in certain ways. Maybe, it's about, maybe parenting is as much about my spiritual formation as it is about theirs. We just don't think of it that way. Just as we don't think about marriage that way. You know, that maybe marriage is really, it's, it's, it's not about perfect happiness. It's about the cultivation of holiness in me. And as holiness develops, happiness comes. And as we cultivate blessing and maturity and all these things, Lord, as we aim at those with our kids, maybe what happens is, is that we become all those things in the process of helping them learn them. You see what I'm saying? It's a, it's a whole different way. But part of that, a key part of it, a foundational part is prayer because it is in prayer that I humble myself enough before God to recognize that I'm just not, probably not going to pull this off entirely on my own. The range of expectations, the range of hopes and dreams for every mom, every dad is far too big. And so uh, Jesus emphasizes this repeatedly throughout Scripture. And I, I think of one passage that I'll read to you, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 11. He says, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. And then it's, notice we're not just talking about prayer, but he, he shifts to parenting here, okay? Notice this. He says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Do you give them a rock? Is that what you do? You know, little John, can I have a piece of bread? Here's a rock. It's, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of 
course not. So if you sinful people, Jesus says, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, by the way, I might say, who's good, give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more would he do that? I want you to look here, verse 11. According to Jesus, what kind of gifts does God give to those who ask him, to those who pray? What kind of gifts? Good gifts. Good gifts. I think the implication is that for more of our dreams, more, more of the good things that we want from God to enter into the lives of our kids, for more of that to happen, we've got to pray. It just needs to be a part of our lives. And to help all of us do that this morning, we were, I was just thinking a lot about what, what could we do that would be sort of a meaningful Mother's Day gift Obviously, not just to the moms, but really to all of us, to the dads and everybody else, your grandparents, or even those of you who, who don't have children of your own. Um, what kind of gift do we give you? And the thought eventually dawned on us, why don't we just give you a few minutes to pray and kind of guide you through some categories and let Scripture guide us and give you the opportunity, moms, dads, to pray right now. Because we have some moms who struggle to pray because they're awake all night with a screaming child and others who just are distracted by their their toddlers and so forth. So we want to give you an opportunity this morning to pray. And so what we're going to do is this. I've I've chosen nine passages of scripture to guide our prayers. I'm going to begin our prayer time in just a few moments. I'm just going to verbalize a, a, a brief opening prayer for this time. And then Lori and I are going to read the passage, a passage of scripture, and then uh, maybe spotlight a thing or two related to it to encourage you to pray about, then pray. And we'll shut up and we'll give you some quiet moments to pray, to pray for your, your child. Maybe it's uh, your grandchild. Maybe it's somebody who's important to your life. Maybe you don't have kids. You know, I can go assure you the things that we're going to highlight, there are plenty of people in your life that you can pray for these things. You can pray for these things for yourself as well uh, because all of them have to do with uh, you know just growth and godliness and all of that. So um, let's, uh, let's bow our heads together. I'm going to start us off here. After, after we've gone through these passages, I'll close the prayer time and say a couple of words, and we'll have a, a final, final prayer to the service, okay? So let's bow our heads, and let's uh, dive into these passages and pray, all right? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the perfect parent. We look at our lives and we look at the world in which we lived. And even as a perfect parent, you get plenty of wayward children, children who wander off and do things that you would prefer that they not, things that are not best for them. We thank you that you're loving, you're patient, you continue to reach out to us, you call to us sometimes from afar to come your way. We ask God that as we, uh, as we pray for the next few moments, that those of us who are calling from afar for our kids... Or maybe for those of us who are just appealing to you for more of your intervention in their lives or praying for, for a transformation of spirit in them, God, would you help even guide our prayers now? We ask for that. Knowing you care. Knowing that you want to give good gifts to all of us. We ask for this, your help in this in the name of Jesus. First passage that... Uh, want to let guide our thoughts and prayers is first timothy chapter 4 verse 12 just keep your heads bowed and just kind of pray about these things last week it was a focus of the message if you remember don't let anyone think less of you because you're young be an example to all believers in what you say in the way you live in your love your faith 
and your purity. Just want to encourage you to take a few moments in the quiet to pray for the young people around you to become examples of goodness and godliness and what they say with their words, with their lifestyle, with their love, their faith, their purity. Just pray that they won't be swayed by the opinions of culture around us. Just pray about those things, okay? Joshua 1, 8 through 9 says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be only sure to obey everything written in it. And only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Let's ask God to help uh, our children learn to love his word and ask God to help them to learn to obey his word. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, Plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Pray for the good plans of God for your children's lives to come to reality. Ask God to fill them with hope. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let's ask God to reveal to the children and grandchildren in our lives all the good things that He prepared in advance for them to become and for them to do. says that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Ask God to equip, to train, to empower the spiritual gifts he's given your family members, your children, those who are important to you. Ask him to to prepare them, to use those gifts. The world might be a better place.
Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Let's ask God to help your family members uh, to learn from Jesus and to come to him and to find rest. Philippians 4.19 says that this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Take a moment to pray for your family members' needs, whatever they are, and just lift them up to God. Be as specific as you can as you pray. John 14, 27, Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Let's ask God to fill our family with peace, peace of mind, peace of heart. And pray that those in our family and those in our influence will seek God for it instead of searching for it in the world. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to encourage you to take a moment to pray for your specific family members. They might confess Jesus as their Lord, that they might come to believe in him. They might be saved. And if you've never come to that place, now would be a good time for you to pray. Confess him in your heart to invite him to cleanse you and fill you forgive you make you his own spend a few moments in prayer about that
Heavenly Father, we thank you for our families. We thank you that it was your conclusion that it's not good for man to be alone. We, we would not be in a good place if we were. We thank you, Father, for families, for mothers, for, for husbands, for grandparents. We thank you for children. We thank you for all that we learn from each other and from you. And we just invite you to be a part of our families. We ask for your blessing, your guidance, your protection. We ask that you'd help us to sustain lives of prayer, uh, to, to verbalize to you, and in doing so, clarify the kinds of values and priorities that we really ought to be focusing our lives on. And in lifting those prayers to you, just be inviting you to touch the lives of our children. God, we do, we need you. Our world needs you desperately. Our homes, our families, our children need you desperately. Come, fill us, touch us, mold us and shape us into the kinds of people you've called us to be. Help us to be like Jesus, who was loving and kind and gentle and self-controlled. and who was an example to everyone with what he said and his lifestyle and his purity and his, his faith. Help us to walk in his ways. Father, just thank you that you hear our prayers, that you care about us. Right now, I just lift up these folks and their families and all that they've said to you. May you hear their requests. May you honor them and answer them. May you do above and beyond all that they would ever ask or imagine to believe that you could do that Christ might be exalted, that their children might become all that you dreamed of them being, the world might be a better place too. Just lift this prayer now, Father, in the name of Jesus. And everybody agreed with me? It said? Amen. 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 It is significant that Jesus says, you know, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. It's an invitation from God to seek Him for His intervention in our lives. Just keep in mind that God's nature is not one to push Himself into our lives. I mean, if He wanted to do that, you would have no trouble finding Him. But because He's gentle, because His nature is, is tender-hearted and kind, uh, He gives you space. He gives you space. When times are hard, we wish he would show up more. But the truth is, he gives us space because he's just, he longs for us to come to him and he's reaching out to us. He, he wants it to be this gentle dance between him and us. And prayer is part of that. So just invite you to, encourage you this morning, just make that a part of your routine uh, for your kids, uh, for your grandkids, for those who are important to you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Uh, let's close in prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing on our moms as we head out. Glad that you made it. If you need something, someone to pray for you specifically about something as we uh, uh, wrap up here, I just encourage you to come on down afterwards. We'd be happy to pray for you. Um, love you guys. and just, uh, just proud of your proud of your commitment to being families that want to honor God. Okay? Let's bow our heads and pray, all right? Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, the moms among us, just for 
all of your heart that they represent to us day in and day out. Thank you for their their instinctive, intuitive, shepherding nature. We thank you for their for their tender, nurturing side that just blesses every home and every family. Just pray, God, that you would bless them and bless our families because of them. For those of us who struggle with those kinds of character traits, would you help us, God? Would you, would you tenderize our spirit with more of your presence that we might reflect more fully your presence among us? Pray, Father, for your blessing on our moms. Pray for your blessing on our dads, God. We need, we need dads who are, are godly men, who live honorable lives, who are more committed to their wives, their, their, uh, their families, than they are to their own preferences. And God, would you raise up men among us like that? Would you help us to exemplify that? And Father, for our families, help us to just, uh, what you have joined together, may no one separate, God. May no one separate. Would you fill us with the power of your spirit and go with us as we leave this place. May we rejoice in your presence. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you all.